the HIV epidemic is not over. HIV is still here. The face of HIV is so diverse. The biggest thing to reduce HIV stigma is just to talk about it. Testing and PrEP and HIV treatment and how effective it is today. Undetectable equals untransmittable. Whether you're positive or negative, there's not a wrong door. Whether it's testing or whether it's treatment, do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about HIV testing, treatment, and prevention at doitforyoumc.org. Is now being grilled, and I don't mean that they're getting ready for lunch. Uh, they were grilled by lawmakers over social media pressures that um, are getting in the way of uh, teens and causing real problems uh, with um, their lives. And, um, you know, today Facebook uh, showed us many ways, um, and this was actually not too long ago, how Facebook was approaching the office. Of Jay Moore Tech Talk Show, where we answer questions about technology, explain the way they should work, and why they don't sometimes. Well, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is John C. Morley, Sir Entrepreneur, and welcome to another wonderful uh, edition of the Jay Moore Tech Talk Show. We have an amazing show for you guys here tonight. Marcus, it is so great to be with you again. I hope you are doing well. And, you know, a lot has been happening uh, with COVID going into some uh, rebuilding stages and, as I like to call it, um, remission of like a cancer because it isn't totally gone, Marcus, is it? But let's get right into tonight's show because we have some really uh, great juicy things we want to talk about. Well, first thing is uh, Facebook. So Facebook says uh, that they use the AI uh, technology, artificial intelligence. And uh, what they're stating is that um, their technology really uh, was supposed to, you know, remove the post based on hate speech and violence. But the technology, they say, really doesn't work, which is very interesting. Um, Facebook's artificial intelligence removes less than 5% of hate speech viewed on the social media platform. And I quote, a new report from the Wall Street Journal details flaws in the platform strategy to remove harmful content. Facebook whistleblower Francis Hugan said that the company dangerously relies on AI and algorithms. Hmm. This is interesting, Marcus. So Facebook claims to use artificial intelligence to identify and remove posts containing hate speech and violence, but the technology doesn't work. So does that mean that they've dumbed it down on purpose or is this another one of these games uh, or lies that Facebook is actually trying to um, uh, put off on us? And uh, I want to quote our Facebook CEO, Mark Zuckerberg. And he said, again, I quote, um, the vast majority of problematic content. And he's referring to that in regard to he believed the Facebook's AI would be able to take it down. Now, before 2020, according to the journal, Facebook uh, stands by its claim that most of the hate speech and violent content on the platform uh, uh, got taken down by a super efficient AI before users even saw it. Facebook's report now from February of this year, uh, 2021, claims that the detection rate 
was above 97%. I want to make another quote uh, to you. They won't ever show their work. Rashad Robinson, president of the civil rights group, Color of Change, told the journal, quote, quote again, we ask, what's the numerator? What's the denominator? How did you get that number? And it's funny. They don't share anything. And Facebook's head of uh, integrity, uh, Guy Rosen, and I quote, told the journal that while the documents it reviewed were not up to date, the intel influenced Facebook's decisions about AI-driven content moderation. Rosen said it is more important to look at how hate speech is shrinking on Facebook overall. Facebook did not immediately respond to the insider's request to comment. Of course, we expected that. And, you know, I think they know what's going on, but let's face it. They just do whatever they want. And, you know, we have to do something because if we don't, then Facebook's going to keep getting away with all this nonsense. So I uh, want to share that point with you. And I know that's a little disheartening, but it's the truth. But on another brighter note, uh, Apple, we've talked about uh, the phone before, right? And so there is a brand new feature uh, that they've been starting to talk about, which is the magnifier iPhone and iPad Mac screen feature. So how do you get to this feature? Well, it's really simple. You can just go to your settings and uh, on your phone, you can go to settings. And at the top, you can literally just type in the word Zoom. And you'll see it says display Zoom. And then on the very bottom, you'll see an option here for view. So you could go to view standard or view zoomed. And if I click on view zoomed, and then I go back to set, view zoomed, it'll take a second, the screen will go blank. And once it does go blank, uh, what you're going to see is that the screen is actually uh, a little bit bigger. All right. So let me show you here. So the screen is just a little bit bigger. And again, to turn the zoom off, I'm going to go back to my settings. I'm going to type the word zoom. I'm going to go right here to our zoom and I'm going to take zoom and I'm going to go to standard. Say set, use standard. The screen will go blank for a second. And um, so this is a new feature. You can also get to it by going to settings accessibility, but I just go to settings and type zoom and it, and it finds it. And um, so uh, this is something interesting that they have, uh, you know, started to tout this new Apple Zoom tool. Uh, the Zoom feature will let you magnify specific parts of your screen. You can customize the feature to magnify the whole screen or a draggable windowed view. Zoom also allows you to turn on gestures like double tapping three fingers to activate Zoom. Uh, so let's talk a little bit how the Zoom tool works. So what you're going to find is that you can turn on or off to make the magnify feature works. So again, I'm going to go back to my uh, Zoom screen here. And again, if you want to get there the other way, you can go to accessibility options in case you were wondering. Just ACC accessibility options. Uh, accessibility options. And then you're going to split where it says Zoom. Okay. And so I can go right over there to Zoom. And over here, I have something called a Zoom level. Now I can turn on my zoom, it'll magnify the entire screen. And you can see I've got my screen pretty much uh, magnified. Uh, I can move around my screen. Um, you know, I can, I can change my screen around. So it, it is, it, you can just, you can, you can basically tap the screen. So if I'm on zoom right now and I make my screen, for example, I'll make it bigger here to kind of show you. Uh, I can do smart typing, which we've obviously had before. And so I can change my zoom level. OK, so you can you can have your zoom on, you can have your zoom off. 
So you just double tap three fingers to zoom and you drag the three fingers to move around the screen. Double tap the three fingers and drag to change the zoom. So you're going to double tap the three fingers to zoom. Okay. And and then you'll and then you'll be and you'll be zoomed. And it's going to ask you a question. And then you can double tap the three fingers again and you're out. Now you can zoom out. You can choose a region. You can show the controller. So I can go back. Again, it works very, very easily. Three fingers and I'm off. So really neat little feature. Um, so again, how do I get to that really easily? So if you went to zoom right on your phone, you're going to see here, it says display zoom and, um, display zoom and it has zoom accessibility. Okay. So very important. There's a zoom at the top. This zoom at the top that I want to show you is display zoom. Okay. And that's just the zoom that that's a little bit different. The display zoom is just displaying, um, like your screen. But that's really not going to do the same thing as this. You want to go to the what we call the Zoom feature, and then you can actually turn on Zoom, turn off Zoom. And again, you can choose to do a full screen Zoom, or you can just Zoom a window. Uh, again, very, very nice. You can go all the way from 1.2. You can take it all the way up to 15.0. Nice feature. I like it. Again, uh, just to show you, because I know it might have been a little tricky. So Zoom is on right now. If I tap three, three, three fingers on the screen... I'll go ahead and turn on my Zoom, which it's on right now. And now I can make my screen and I can move around my screen. Okay. If I want to turn it off, just type my three, touch my three fingers again, and it goes off. So, um, you know, works really easy, really simple. It's a nice little feature. And I think you're going to like it. Um, the Zoom controller gives you quick access to controls like, you know, um, what can activate for single and double and triple taps. Um, so you can also choose to show the controller on the screen and that puts a little icon on the screen, uh, that you might find helpful and, uh, you can control, like I said, the zoom region. Again, I, I think it's pretty neat, uh, you know, what it does. If we go to zoom controller on, you're going to see over here, you're going to have a single tap shows menu, a double tap, uh, zoom in, zoom out, a triple tap right now. Uh, you can do a speak on touch. You could do lots of different things. Uh, you can change color, idle opacity to 50%. So just a matter here. So let me go back here to my Zoom. And if I was to just type my, touch my finger like this and I touch three times, okay, it just, it just taps my screen. But if I do this, let me go back here to the screen so you guys can see it. All right, let me go back here. If I touch all, so my Zoom is off, right? Okay, my Zoom is on right now. If I touch my two fingers, three fingers and come back, I can very easily Break, break my Zoom. Uh, see right there? So three fingers right on the screen. Uh, it works fairly well. I'd say 99% of the time it seemed to work for me. And uh, I think you're going to enjoy this feature. It can help people of all different ages be able to see the screen. Not just the screen, but you also can, can zoom in on um, different windows. So I really like that. Well, let's get back to our lovely friends at uh, Facebook again. So Facebook is now being grilled, and I don't mean that they're getting ready for lunch. Uh, they were grilled by lawmakers over social media pressures that um, are getting in the way of uh, teens and causing real problems uh, with um, their lives. And, um, you know, today Facebook uh, showed us many ways, um, and this was actually not too long ago, how Facebook was approaching the office and providing information about Facebook. But the thing about Facebook that's interesting 
is that they're starting to exploit kids and they're exploiting them in a way that they're starting to benefit based on their behavior. So I think that's really terrible to be quite honest with you. And um, I feel the impact that Instagram is going to have on teens is really going to affect their mental health. And I think Facebook is going to be paying for many years to come because if we're aware of what they're doing now, right, we don't know what they were doing in the past, but now we know they're doing this. That's really bad. And um, they're just getting these kids drawn into Facebook and Instagram, and they're learning so much about their habits. But you and I both know they store so much information. They don't tell anybody what they have. And they're capitalizing on uh, how kids live and what their behaviors are so they can figure out how to attract more. And they say that's what they're not doing, but I really don't believe them or trust them. And um, it's interesting because now um, we know that it's well-known within the company and that the company, meanwhile, is casting doubt on the research uh, while hiding their own research. So the fact that they're hiding their cookie jar, they've got cookies in the jar. I mean, figuratively speaking, right? So I, I don't uh, tend to think that they're on the right track with that. And uh, let's talk about a new um, phishing threat that's really been coming up. Coinbase is warning that users uh, are now uh, very susceptible to a large-scale phishing attack. And um, Coinbase has disclosed a large-scale uh, phishing attack that impacted users earlier this year. And Coinbase announced that the broad attack occurred between April and May of 2021. And at least 6,000, ladies and gentlemen, let me say that again, 6,000 Coinbase customers were affected by the attack. It's funny, Marcus, how they suddenly want to share things with us months or maybe a year later after things happen. Uh, I am not a fan of how they are doing this. And in the blog post, the company claims that the scammers never breached Coinbase's security infrastructure or broader systems. Come off it. Like, quit lying. I mean, they've already destroyed their reputation. Why do they want to keep lying? And what remains a little unclear right now is how the hackers were able to identify the email addresses of a large number of Coinbase users. Coinbase said, and I quote, there was no evidence to suggest the information was obtained from inside the company. Of course, they're going to say that. I don't know if I believe them. So if you have a Coinbase account, uh, definitely uh, be careful because um, they were hacked once. I'm sure they can be hacked again. Um, usually they go after the same targets again and again. Um, and it's just something for you to consider and to and really to ponder because I think it's going to be a problem. It's going to be a problem with what's happening, where our society is going. And, you know, at the end of the day, I think people really don't want to get hacked, but, you know, they're just too lazy to do anything else and they don't want to change their patterns. And that's why these hackers are able to exploit their lives. I can't tell you how many times I've talked to people and they get an email saying, you know, um, we're going to send an email out. We know what you were doing last night. I'm like, okay, I was sleeping last night or I was out with my family last night. And, and they make this accusation against you. Well, we know what you were doing with your camera at uh, 11 o'clock. Yeah, I was actually finishing dinner with some friends at a restaurant. And so they try to play these games or we know what car you drive. They try to put fear in people. 
and then they click a link and then they give them some information. Well, now they're really messed up because now what happens is they've really exploited. And by that exploitation, um, they're now going to start asking for money. And if you don't have software that's monitoring ransomware, well, you're in pretty uh, deep trouble. You don't have to live with chronic pain. Downtown's Health can show you a better way. Joint pain, back pain, pain that sits and waits. Downtown's Health offers an alternative with physical and regenerative therapy. Call Downtown's Healthcare at 303-292-9992. Now in Lowry or downtown. Well, we've talked about things before, like HP being blamed, you know, for uh, making the printer not print when uh, the cartridges have expired. But here's a new one. How about using your... MFC device, um, right? Your multifunctional uh, device uh, and uh, fax scanner, printer, copier. And when the ink runs out, I get that we can't print. But now, how would you like it if you couldn't scan just because you didn't have ink? Well, <laughs> Canon USA is being sued for not allowing owners of certain printers to use the scanner or faxing functions if they run out of ink. Ooh. David uh, Leecraft, and I quote, a customer of Canon filed a, the class action lawsuit on, on uh, a recent day alleging deceptive marketing and unjust uh, enrichment by the printer manufacturer. Refusing to scan when out of ink uh, while using uh, a Pixima MG6320 printer from Canon, the plaintiff was surprised to discover that the all-in-one machine would refuse to scan or fax documents if the printer ran out of ink. And um, ink is not necessary to perform scans or faxes. Uh, the argument is very valu valuable and valid uh, because the printer's features should still continue to work uh, even if there's no ink, if you're just using a scan. And I want to quote the plaintiff, uh, Lee Craft, uh, would not have purchased the device or would not have paid as much for it had he known that he would have to maintain ink in the device in order to scan documents. Now, it's one thing if the manufacturer says, okay, um, warning, this device, or important, this device must be loaded with ink to at least 90% or scanning functions will be disabled. It's one thing if you state that, but they didn't state that. Now, since 2016, other customers have contacted CAN about this exact problem, and we're told by support agents that the ink cartridges must be installed and contain ink to use the printer's features as shown by the agent's response below, which we've seen in many, many places. You can see this all the place. And the complaint further illustrates uh, with images of the Pixma MG2522 box that Canon advertises its all-in-one printer as including three distinct features, print, copying, and scanning. All right, well, if there are three distinct features, then why the heck are you blocking um, the scanning feature when there's no ink? Uh, I don't know. We're just being known by these different things that are being said that Canon's telling us that all ink tanks must contain ink if they wish to print in grayscale as it may damage the printer. Yeah. So all ink tanks must contain ink if they wish to print in grayscale and may damage the printer. So that's another issue. And the Pixma MX710 must have all ink tanks installed. And they all must contain ink. If you attempt to print with no ink or an empty ink, you would risk damaging the printer. This was posted by a Canon support agent. How thoughtful of them. 
Now, and I want to quote again, as opposed to the single function printers it sells, Canon calls these multi-function devices a three-in-one or four-in-one for the fact that they uh, are supposed to provide three or four functions, right? And in truth, the all-in-one printers do not scan or fax documents when the devices have low or empty ink. So you got fan, scan, fax, copy, and print. What the heck does faxing and scanning have to do with having ink? Now, the only thing I can understand is that if you have the report enabled, okay, then it would just not print the report journal because some people have their machine set to always uh, print a transmission report. That's the only thing I could see on the fax. But again, to quote them, there is no reason or technical basis for manufacturing the all-in-one printers with an ink level detection function that causes the scanner to stop functioning when ink is low or empty. Canon actually designed these all printers in such a way to require consumers to maintain ink in a device regardless of whether they intend to print. And this is the complaint that many uh, users and business owners are um, annoyed about. The lawsuit was filed in the district court for the Eastern District of New York and seeks at least $5 million in awards exclusive of internet fees and litigation costs. The alleged violations uh, in the complaint are the New York General Business Law uh, 349, the New York General Business Law 350, 350, and the breach of express warranties, unjust enrichment, and failure to close material, disclose material information. If you have bought an all-in-one printer from Canon and face similar problems, you could be eligible for receiving compensation in the future. However, it is important to note that this class action was filed this week and is not approved by the court yet. So it's too early to decide whether anything can be processed, any refunds or money can be given. Um, but uh, it's going to be interesting. Uh, questions will arise regarding this lawsuit. But I will tell you, Bleeping Computer actually contacted uh, Canon USA and uh, they refused to comment. It's interesting how when you suddenly reach out to a manufacturer and you ask them a question and they don't give you an answer. It's one thing to say, hey, you know, that was our mistake. We're going to fix it. But they're already in so much hot water that I think they should just, you know, one thing they might want to do is, you know, they may want to send everyone um, a free uh, set of ink. I don't know. I think what they could do is they could actually change the software, just software, and they could basically change that software to not pay attention to that device so it doesn't, you know, um, not work as long as it was in the software and not a hardware function. So we'd have to see how that could be done. But there are options that can be done, right? It's it's just very interesting to find out, you know, what's going on, what's happening. And more and more stuff is going on that manufacturers, like we heard about the uh, recall with the um, IV pumps, uh, because not of the pump, but in other words, that uh, hackers could get in and actually change the dosage or stop the dosage or control the pump. And I think that's really bad, right? And so how do you... How do you handle this? I think there needs to be a standard. There needs to be a standard. And this has to be adhered by all technology products. 
almost like a UL ultimate labs test, like UL labs. But it seems like nobody does anything about these um, situations until they cause a problem or until they cost people money. I mean, that's what it comes down to, ladies and gentlemen. Would it cost somebody money? Then everybody is willing to jump on board and say, oh, well, I didn't know about that or I wasn't really sure about that, right? And I know, ladies and gentlemen, that when they make these products, they are trying to do this the cheapest way possible. And I can honestly tell you that this feature was not put on there by accident. This is something that they actually put time and effort into develop. Yeah, so I, I just really don't believe uh, what they're saying. And um, I don't know. I think it's just a, a ploy right now. And they were hoping that they weren't going to get their hand stuck in the cookie jar. I mean, that's what it really came down to. But now that they did get their hand stuck in the cookie jar, what are they going to do about it? Right? What are they going to do about it? I don't know. It's going to be something that we're going to have to um, keep monitoring. But, you know, they weren't the only companies uh, uh, besides, uh, uh, I'm going to say the Canon companies, to have uh, products that operated like that. HP was another one, right? HP printer uh, won't print um when cartridge is expired right you remember you remember that and it's funny because that situation um had a class action lawsuit as well and hp can't escape this claim either because they're being caught red-handed with their hand in the cookie jar. Thus, I know, ladies and gentlemen, that these manufacturers did not really put the time or the effort to understand what the consequences were going to be. They were just hoping that they wouldn't get their hands stuck in a cookie jar. It's crazy. It, it, it isn't crazy. It is very crazy. But you're probably saying, John, you know, what, what new technology is in store? Uh, right now, everybody keeps asking me for 2022. Well, uh, the biggest thing is artificial intelligence is going to be changing quite a bit. They're going to be uh, building more with neural nets and getting even uh, more uh, data that can collaborate back and forth. When you talk about trends, uh, I think the biggest thing is, are we still going to be in a hybrid workspace? Are people going to go back to work? Is that going to change the way technology is operated? Or is it going to keep things about the same? Is that temporary? And is it permanent? Hmm. Right? I think that's really the question that we want to ask everyone. Is it short-term or is it long-term? I don't know. We've talked about this before, ladies and gentlemen, that a lot of people out there, they 
just want to manufacture a product cheaply. That's what they want to do. They want to manufacture the product cheaply. And in so doing, they're hoping that these little things that they've intentionally planted in there are not really going to cause much suspicion. But let's face it. It's an annoyance. There was no sticker. There was no warning. So, Canon, you're you're guilty. But they've got to go before the court. They've got to do all this stuff. So we'll follow that up and let you know what's going to happen. But the lawsuit has not been um, approved or denied at this point. It still is, is uh, waiting to be reviewed. So I have to tell you that, you know, whether we're talking about um, technology that's on your wrist, technology that's in a, in a laptop or on your desktop computer, everything comes down to security, ladies and gentlemen. And if you can understand that security is vital and what controls security, how information is regulated. And if it's personal information, well, we got a serious problem. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I hope that you have enjoyed tonight's show about technology, about where we're going, more about Facebook, the big giants, and how they're able to just, I don't know, just miraculously just cover up things. But I got to tell you, they're not going to be able to do this for long because the government and the federal courts are now starting to really uh, get in their face. Now, because they know that what they're doing is harming people. It's one thing to harm people, but to harm little kids that don't even know better and to exploit them and maybe to ruin their mind because of what they're doing. I just think it's terrible. Again, I hope you've enjoyed this show. And if you would like to be a guest on the show, we have a brand new system. Just go to jmore.com, click on the Reach Out Today button, and then click on Apply to Become a Guest. There are several steps you need to go through. And um, you will get into our queue uh, to be pre-vetted and vetted. And we'll let you know if we think you're going to be a, a good guest uh, to be on the show. Remember, it has to be educational. And also, uh, if you have an idea for a product that you'd like us to unbox, let us know about that. You will have to send us the product prepaid and donate to us. And we'll do an honest unboxing um, on the Jay Moore uh, unboxing channel and the Jay Moore reviews channel. Well, Marcus, I think we need to say goodbye for tonight. It has been a wonderful evening. I hope you guys enjoy that we're now getting into um, fall. So the needle is starting to drop a little bit. You can actually go take those brisk walks without having to worry uh, that uh, it's going to be too hot because it's starting to really dip 60s and 50s. And I don't think we're going to see too many more uh, warm days. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I wish you a very uh, happy, healthy, and a safe, uh, weekend. And I look forward to seeing you guys again right here next Friday on the Jay Moore Tech Talk Show, 5.30 p.m. Eastern on October 29th. We'll see you then, everyone. Have yourself a great weekend. And until next week, use your technology, be smart, and watch what you click on before you decide to explore. Have a great weekend, everyone. Take care. Thank you for tuning in to the Jay Moore Weekly Technology Show, where we answer your questions about how technology is supposed to work and sometimes why you have challenges getting it to work that way. For more IT support and tips, 
Just text IT support to 888 That's IT support to 888 and you'll get tips on technology. I'll see you next week right here on the Jaymore Tech Talk Show. Remember, jmor.com. suffer from chronic hip, knee, or shoulder pain? Avoid drug dependency and surgery with Downtown's Healthcare in Denver. Downtown's Healthcare offers regenerative therapies that stimulate the body's self-healing process. Call Downtown's Healthcare at 303-292-9992, now in Lowry or downtown.